What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Femme on Film. That's right, yeah. I'm doing a crossover. We're doing it, we're doing a crossover. Yeah, ultimate team. Yeah, high fives all around. We're not, we're not, we're not in the same room, but um, yes, one of my favorite people is back on the show. I'm doing a crossover. We've done this with the other bits and pieces, but uh, I'm joined by Rhea from Femme on Film. Uh, or you could say that I'm joining her on <gasps> yes. Femme on Film. Yes, um, I mean, I hate doing intros, so I would prefer yes. if you did it because, as we all know, intros and outros are not my forte. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it, it becomes a bit of a blurb. Like it, that whole sort of like, you know, welcome to Instant Trinsky or welcome to Stories at Time and Space. It just sort of like happens. <laughs> yeah, your Stories at Time and Space is like spot on. It's mm. like you, it's like you're almost a, um, like, you know, people who do the little eye dents in, mm. you know, it's like you're a little eye dent person. I could just record it though and not have to do it again. Actually, that's so, a really good point. Why <laughs> don't you record it? Yeah, I don't know. Should do really. Anyway, we are going to be talking about something this crossover. So this is 20th Century Geek and Femme on Film talking about a topic. And um, with it being Femme on Film and me being the sort of like 20th Century Geek, we thought there's only one topic I'd really cover. And uh, this came about because I watched uh, Alien 1 through 3 and then watched all of the Terminator films. And I was like, I want to talk about female action stars. Because um, we talk about, you know, I'm a big fan of all the big action stars, you know, Arnie Stallone, Van Damme, so on and so forth. But like, I got into this and thought, I was thinking, you know, oh, Ripley, Sigourney Weaver, oh, Linda Hamilton, uh, Sarah Connor. But then I went down a bit of a rabbit hole and I was like, oh, there's a shit ton of these. And I've forgotten how awesome some of these are. So that's what I wanted to do. And so obviously we came together to do this. Um. So that's sort of it. That's sort of the, the point. I mean, it could be a general discussion. So I'm, I'm going to start. Let's throw this out with those two people because that's where we started, isn't it? Like Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor. Um, and the reason, let me frame this, because the reason I started thinking about this was because of the transition. So I was thinking about the male versus the female action star. And many of the action stars... When I go back to the 80s, especially the sort of, you know, the big boom of the 80s, the vast majority of action, male action heroes, the characters are, they've, they've got vast, they've already got their experience. Yeah. Right. They come from, they're usually broken, you know, thinking like, think Martin Riggs in Lethal Weapon or even like Arnie in Commander, like he's a former uh, Green Beret or, in Predator, the whole you know that whole group of sort of like ultra masculine macho, just walking testosterone into the jungle kind of group. You know, they've all got a history. It's all they're all pre, um, they're all predefined. They've all got their history, and in many cases, it's like one last mission, like you know, being pulled back into classic. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but with the female action stars, in many cases, they you see the evolution. 
like they start so both ellen ripley like ellen someone with ellen ripley doesn't start as an action icon or doesn't start in that way like in the first film she's just a survivor and the same with linda hamilton and sarah connor like in the first film she, she they, they they both kill the they are both the survivor the last the final girl if you if you will but one for a better phrase and they kill the the antagonist the terminator and the xenomorph but they are the survivor it's not until the following film that they are the action stars and then people remember them as being these action heroines um and i was just like okay well are there more of these is this a usual case and it is you know even going up to like um i was thinking of uh, the hunger games mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and again like the, we female actors are often, are often given that journey to becoming the actual like we almost have to define them we have to prove that they can be you can't go oh they've always been an action star you know and when we do do that i think of um um Atomic Blonde or Salt, mm-hmm. and there's a few others. I was like, they don't work. Like, or they don't, no, they're not that they don't work. Sorry, they're not successful. They're not successful, as in people don't buy into it, even though both of those films are fantastic. And everybody exactly. should go and watch Salt now. Stop listening to us. Go and watch Salt's it. Salt's a really it's good film. And Angie, Angie Jolie will be coming up on this. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> she, she's badass. But yeah, we, we sort of seem to struggle with this idea of established female action hero or action heroines or female action characters that was that was where my head was at when i first came up with this topic that was where i was thinking so i'm gonna throw it to you now because i've talked enough (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think ellen ripley is one of the most interesting cases because even in aliens she's not an action star at the start Mm -hmm. she builds up to that in fact she gets in the marines she's she retains what I love about her from Alien, which mm. is her competence. Her, she knows her own voice. She's not afraid to use her own voice. She's also not afraid to take action and make difficult decisions. And she does that throughout both films. Um, it's actually only towards the end of Aliens where she starts to make more emotional decisions, which I think very much will reflect uh, male action stars and the fact like maybe their daughter gets kidnapped or their mm. wife does or whatever, or their wife is threatened type of thing. Um, Fridging. Yes, but I also think think Aliens, I'm a, I think James Cameron uh, is one of the, I hate saying this because he's a man, but I think he is one of the best action filmmakers for telling women's stories which really irritates me um although it shouldn't but I think I think he is incredibly good at when we see that even even in Titanic like Titanic mm. is Rose's story oh god yeah not Jack's story no um and I think we see that in in Aliens where he makes her a mother figure but that doesn't make her weaker which is often what happens and it's happened in a lot of the MCU stuff recently that you know they maybe still have their powers but actually grieving children or grieving the loss of their children or having children whatever makes them weaker that doesn't happen with Ripley all it does is make her more motivated Mm. um so even though she seeks the help of men of the marines around her although the marines aren't just men hello vasquez you are awesome um you know she she learns quickly she uses that competence that she already has to up her skills not become a mary sue she just you know we have a good basis of why she is able to suddenly pick up a flamethrower and murder some aliens and some alien eggs 
And I think that's such interesting storytelling, which actually hasn't been beaten since. I think filmmakers really struggle with it. Well, I think, you know, it comes down to good screenwriting and and I'll I'll throw something out about James Cameron as well, because he is he is an advocate for for women Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, And he was a big fan of of Catherine Bigelow and obviously, you know, really championed sort of like Strange Days, which I know I'm a a big fan of that film. And, and, you know, I like like Catherine Bigelow. We talked about Blue Steel and and Point Break and all that kind of stuff. And that's an interesting one, actually. Point Break is an interesting one because that's a female director directing male and showing male vulnerability, yeah, exactly. Male the, friendship, I fucking love you, Catherine. But doesn't doesn't get shown in other films. Yeah, we'll get to that as well. But one of the things I think you, to to point at Aliens, one of the things about the great thing about the screenwriting in that film, especially if you watch the extended edition, like the theatrical version is good. I, I love the theatrical version, but the extended edition, the director's cut actually has got several key points that I think are really important, and you get to see more about her when she's got her job, you know, her doing the sort of um, using the loaders and stuff. So when she's when the Marines, when you've got um, Hicks and, that's, and, and um, Sergeant A. Palm saying sort of like, you know, well, what can you do? And she gets strapped into the, the walker and she's like, <laughs> you know, where do you want it? And they're like, she, like you say, she's competent. Like she's not, she doesn't want to be like a fifth wheel. She's not a damsel in distress. Like she's, she's a part of it. She wants to be effect, uh, effective. But you do find out in in the, at the start of Aliens that when she was away and she had a child, she had a, a daughter, and obviously it's been fifty two years, I think. I think between Alien and Aliens, like she's been in stasis. Like you find out this obviously her daughter has grown up and she doesn't want to see her and all this other stuff. And like you say, so when she meets Newt, like it's an instant maternal connection. But like you say, it's not a fawning um, weakness. As to sort of like it's it's just a maternal instinct that's sort of kicking in, and and you can see it's also patching up a grieving process mm-hmm. as well, and so that seems like really important to the story because it's not like you say, um, she, she when it the shit hits the fan at the end of the film, like you say, she, she it makes total sense as to why she's now protecting Newt and willing to sacrifice. She's like, I let my daughter. She feels like she let her daughter down. She didn't, but she obviously feels like she let her daughter down, so she won't let another child down. Um. And so it all stacks up. And so the thing is, you, you're able to balance that the maternal side with the action side, and it still works without her becoming a terrible phrase, which I, I don't want to use, but it's a word is is manly. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes they sort of because some directors can't differentiate action from manliness. Yeah, I hate the powerful, strong woman trope that we currently have to endure because apparently it means that we're just muscly and can fight and it's like well there's strength in many other places thanks we don't have to imitate what is seen as traditional masculine traits yeah uh, to be strong and with aliens as well what's so interesting is hicks is paternal Mm. so it's not just limited to ripley hicks is clearly paternal over newt and that's really interesting you know cameron doesn't he doesn't shy away from that and, you know, and he's so good in his, I don't know, I don't know if show, not tell, because he he does tell. But, you know, there are small things when we see what Michael Bean's doing with the character of Hicks and how he reacts to situations and small acting choices that he makes that makes you go, he would also go back for Newt. Mm. So it's, you know, and and I love that that's shared. You know, it's it, I enjoy it more because it's it is Ripley's story and I want to be there for Ripley's story, but it doesn't mean that, Hicks has to be all, you know, 
that horrible traditional masculine stuff he gets to be paternal and he gets to care as well and it's not just because he wants to bang Ripley I mean we all want to bang Ripley hmm. but you know he has that connection with Newt as well yeah and that's the really thing it's it's one of the things as a side note, I'll get to in a moment but like, it's one of the things about the film that actually is most interesting you said about the escalation is um the 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 the, the pivot point that happens in the film at which sort of Ripley takes charge is um, like there were things constantly happening and she's sort of like, look, she's almost like, like you say, she's professional and competent, but she knows she's not, um, she's not sort of like a superhero. Mm-hmm. So she's not going to sort of like second guess this bunch of Marines. She's like, oh yeah, well you, you do your stuff. That's what you're here for. I'm just here as a consultant. And it's the fact. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, I was messing around and nudged my microphone. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, so the, fact. The, the, the pivot point, yeah. So the, um, it's the fact that, like, it takes so much to push her to that, um, the point of taking charge. And it happened in the first film as well. Like, she keeps mm. off, she, she sort of gives her opinion. She she's not afraid to talk up, but um, it's not, she's, she's not disrespectful. Do you know what I mean? Like she will, she'll, she'll hold back and go, well, you, this is, you know, she'll recognize his rank or whatever. And when it goes into a shit show, that's when she's like, okay, well, I've got to take charge now. And it's when, it's when she's in the, 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 the um, personnel carrier and they're all getting attacked by the xenomorphs and stuff. And she just got, gets hold of and just drives it into the, um, into the building and stuff. And that's obviously the pivot point, but it's almost like she knows this is not my position. I'm not the expert in this until she has to be, the thing and that's the thing as well it's sort of like she's not arrogant with her yeah with her you know which again you get that in some of these sort of action heroes and that is there's almost like a machismo of sort of like having to be the one that kicks in the door at the beginning do you know what i mean um and so it's almost like almost like a common sense um yeah and approach. she uses her strengths and her weaknesses in equal measure like she mm. knows what her weaknesses are and so that's why she goes right show me how to use this gun i am going to need to use it she's yes. not afraid you know she is she is every, you know she is how women have to navigate their way around the world which is if we don't know something we have to ask because somebody's not going to tell us yeah. um because they'll assume that we don't care because all we care about is shoes yeah. um you know so she's not afraid to do that but that's also because she has strength in herself that she knows I'm going to ask because I want to do this Mm. and you know and she knows what to do in a chaotic situation she knows how to take charge the amount of women I see when there's an absolute shit show going on around them they're just calm and they're just like right I'll just do this I'll just do that let's all try and focus on that if you don't want to focus on it fine you go off and shoot your guns over there mm. I'm going to focus on getting us out of the situation into one that's slightly better than there like that is every woman I know yeah <laughs> quite frankly know, it's, it's, <laughs> like... a, it's, a, it's a fair point I think to be perfectly <laughs> honest that's it's a fair shout but you, you say about the, the gun scene as well I think this is a great thing to Cameron and we'll move off on to another Cameron thing but as a baseline but when he when uh, she's been shown the pulse rifle he says about the grenade launcher he says oh we, won't, we don't need to cover that but he's, he's not saying it as in like you can't handle that he's basically saying like there should we, we i'm hoping we shouldn't yeah. have a situation where you need to fire <laughs> grenades, grenades please yeah and she's like no 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 if i'm gonna know it and she has a great line it's like if i'm gonna know it, i'm gonna know it so show me everything and he's like all right 
he doesn't try and sort of pander to her or sort of go, you know, well, it's a bit big for you to handle love or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, let's we'll start with the rifle. We'll move up to the grenade launcher sort of thing. Um, so I like that. Um, so you're right. So that, that, that's, that's the Ellen Ripley. But let's move on to the, her counter of this sort of thing, which is Sarah Connor. So in the first Terminator film, Sarah Connor is 19 years old. She's a waitress working in a diner. And then obviously the, the events of the first film happen. Kyle Reese, another, another Michael Bean yet again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as Kyle Reese comes back and they have a night, they sort of, you know, they have a moment, they have a night of passion and blah, 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 blah. But and in the end of it, uh, uh, Kyle Reese is killed and she kills the Terminator. Spoilers for a film that's <laughs> sort of what, 40 years old, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, again, if you've not seen Terminator, what the fuck are you doing? Stop listening to us. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And a good point is like, if you don't realize that they kill it at the end of the first one, you really don't get the point of the, yeah. the two, <laughs> three. <laughs> um, but then, like I say, so the, the, one of the great things, obviously, the film then takes jumps forward. Um, in you know, it was, came out in a ninety one, ninety one, ninety two. Well, it's supposed to be set in ninety. Five, I think, from what they said. I think so, yeah. I mean, years. definitely Judgment Day has definitely happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. So two two is two years before Skynet goes online, if yes. I remember rightly. And so you have Sarah Connor, and I love the fact that with this Sarah, like this Sarah Connor, like we said about um uh with Ripley being common sense and restrained and she's gone through trauma but she's still sort of like you know she's that center of calm for until she doesn't until she doesn't she can't be anymore but with sarah connor she's not just got trauma she's carrying like a weight of knowledge Mm -hmm. which has pushed her to a brink and she's trying to and you said again that she's trying to be proactive but it's the society that's stopping her. And yeah, what like, a fucking surprise! Men yeah. aren't listening. <laughs> well, but that's the. This is one of the things I've, I've, I never thought about until watching the last time I watched Terminator Two, and I was like, "Huh, if this was a bloke, would would two would Terminator Two be different? Where he'd be like, oh, I know this is going to happen, and this is this is happening. You know, I'm, I'm I don't know the fact she got caught and she's held in Pescadero Mental Institution, and the, you know the the doctor sort of doctor." Um, the Dr. Suburban sort of has this idea of her being sort of like, you know, clearly sort of delusional and stuff. It just felt very much like she's a, she's a, you know, she's a female nutcase. That's, you know, and then you realize that she, we know she's not, and she's very, very competent and she's, but it's the choices she made after the end of Terminator one to train and prepare and all that sort of thing. I always find fascinating. I don't know. I'm going to throw that back to you now. Again. Yeah, and I always find it interesting that at some point during all of that training and preparation, she's telling people, she's going, look, this is going to happen. Mm. And somehow then medical personnel get involved yeah. and put her in a mental well, institution. She gets, she gets caught. If it's in the film, it states, because there's, there's people that clearly believe her or at least are on her side. Oh, yeah, because she's like, it's almost, sorry, you carry on. No, because she, she's, she's got those friends in Mexico. Yeah, or, or yeah. In South California that are like, where she's got those massive guns <laughs> Yeah, she's like starting up her own militia. Yeah, um, which has which got one of my favourite Arnie scenes when he's got the minigun and sort of like John Connor's like, it's so you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, she, she got caught blowing up yeah, um, awesome. a software company. She's so badass. Yeah, so she got and she lost, that's when, because she had John Connor with her and so she lost custody of, of John. Um, and so, yeah, but it's one of those when you sort of go, all right, when you actually know the context, like you, you, you and I know why she was trying to blow up a software company. 
But there's a part of you like if you if you don't know that knowledge and you're like she tried to blow up an office building like she clearly is dangerous so it sort of makes sense, but it's a different like how, you can't communicate you couldn't articulate those things. But a male one I don't know if they'd have a male here have been caught. Like, yeah, he would be caught. Run. He'd get away with it. He'd, he'd totally still be get on away the run, with it. Be on feel... the run and yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Well, she's like a um, she's today. It's like. She'd be a climate activist, wouldn't she? Totally. Mm. I'm well on board with that. Sarah Connor, climate activist. Blowing shit up to try and save the world. <laughs> Fuck yes. Well, let, let's take this, because one of the things that we don't have with Ripley that we do have with Sarah Connor is we now have um, a more mature version. She's followed her story to the end. And you get Dark Fate. And... Um, there's one of the things I, I having watched. Do we have to talk about? It? <laughs> no, 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 but I, all right, I won't fuck about the whole film, but I will talk about. It. There are three points. There's something in each of the films <laughs> where, um, the, 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 sort of again, it's 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 a Cameron thing. It sort of sort of happens in the third one, but it definitely happens in the in the first one and the second one. James Cameron does well. Is that I, want, I wanted? To, I don't want to call it softening of the characters because it's not. It's a humanizing of the characters. So in the first one, sort of like Sarah Connor, she sees some stuff. Like she sees some shit in the first film, and she's like, she ends up believing Carl Reese. But she gets this glimpse of the future from everything he's told her. Like you know, we see it as an actual flash forward, like an actual memory of Carl Reese. But she gets this glimpse of what the future is, and it really upsets her. Like she's like, yeah, no, I've seen your future, and he and he agrees. He's like, oh yeah, no, it's a shit show. <laughs> like, <laughs> the future's awful. And then she's like, oh right. That's really bad. So it's really upsetting to her. She, she it's just uh, there's a moment of like emotional sort of like denting in her when he sort of confirms that like no, it's terrible. Like where I come from, like, I hid in the shadows. I had to hide in the rubble. We fought for food. Like and she's like, oh man, all this is on me. All right, well, <laughs> shit, I don't want that responsibility. You, yeah. <laughs> but this in the second one, it's the moment when she's obviously released and she goes after Miles Dyson. And she, straight away, she starts off and she's like, da, 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 and she's able to blow the shit out of his house. But the moment she breaks into the house and um, the, the little boy, Dyson's son, sort of hold, is, is sort of leaning over him and like, don't shoot my daddy. And she's sort of like, she knows it's his fault. She knows he is responsible for everything, but she can't do it. And it's this humanizing again of like, um, she can show that vulnerability. And she recognizes that killing this guy in front of his family is actually like, a really wrong thing to do. And although she sort of worked up to this over many years, like she can't do it. Now, if this was a male stuff, you were to do that and it was Arnie in that position and he had that, like there'd be people going like, it's a, you know, it's, it, he's gone soft. It's a yeah. weakness. You can't, he has to do, take the shot, but you can sort of do it, especially when you do it better. Like you can do it well with a female action star that she can acknowledge and go, yeah, this is shit. <laughs> and I don't want to have to do it. Um, and I always find that interesting that like and well, when we were talking just before this about toxic masculinity basically mm. and wouldn't it be amazing if there was a Mission Impossible film where you know or or like if the you know if she, if Sarah Connor was a man where it was a man doing lots of shooting and running around and to be Tony Freena pew 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 um, so I just want to do in every single podcast I'm in because it is really fun. Mm. <laughs> to do that, that should be your signature yeah <laughs> well I've stolen it from him um 
uh, fighty fighty pew pew mm-hmm. um that it you know if we saw a male action protagonist doing this it would actually be really interesting i mean it, it is really interesting that she she does it but also we are used to female uh, roles being softened right and i still remember probably not when this came out because I, w- I wasn't old enough and t2 came out um but i remember there being like a huge thing about her being muscly and she's mm. you know and she's fundamentally changed oh like lots of people didn't like that well, i was like oh my god this is the most awesome thing ever um and then it became a lot more of a she became more of an icon as people sort of got more used to the idea of there being a female action star who's also muscly and mm. can shoot guns and competent and stuff like that um you know and i think her i think her humanity makes her stronger mm. um and you know i don't think i'm setting the world alight with that <laughs> with, with that thought but i would love to see that in a male action star i'd love to see a male action star who's not conflicted because of the traditional male action star type stuff you know, or, you know, a Star wars because you are my father, spoiler for Star Wars type business, just being conflicted about what they are doing and why are they doing it? And is there an alternative option? Because if if that kid wasn't there, she would 100% just shoot him in the head, just gone. Yeah. And if this was a, a male protagonist, the kid wouldn't be there. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't introduce that thing. Because well, we're in a soft right, because we care about kids. Yeah, apparently. I mean, some of us don't. Just so people know. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things I think, because I've been watching a few of these films lately, I watched Lethal Weapon. Because I love, I, I do love a bit of Lethal Weapon, and you know, I I can't watch it anymore, even though I think it's really good because of Mr. Gibson. Yeah. I'll give him a pass. You know, mm, that's just, nice. Just because, just because I can't not watch eighties action films. I don't give him a pass. I give Martin Riggs a pass. Fine. But, but Riggs... If you give Lethal Weapon a pass, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's if probably you the best give way, yeah. the no, actor no. a pass, then we are going to have to have no. a conversation during this recording. No, no, no. It's, just more, <laughs> it's, more, it's more the Lethal Weapon franchise. That's about it, to be fair. Lethal Weapon, one to four. That's there's no it. point watching his Mad Max because the latest one's better than them all, so... Uh, we'll have to discuss that because I love <laughs> the oh, By the way, I'm but... right on that one. I don't normally say <laughs> but... that. I think like what you like but fury road is better than all the others let's oh no yeah it, i'm not getting silent. we'll get to because we'll, we'll get to furiosa we will get to yes. furiosa. but watching it and this is one of those weird things so riggs is you know he's on sort of like the verge you know is is he broken and you find out because his wife died in a crash and obviously you know, fridge so that's his sort of like what his mental state is the way it is love being motivation for men yeah but one of the things I find interesting when I watched it this time was like his wife was killed in a tragic car accident. Yeah. So his wife was taken away from him because in, in sort of uncontrollable circumstances. You find that there's more to it in two, which sort of bothers me. But <laughs> one of the things I find interesting is later than in the film, he's more than happy to start firing off his gun randomly into public places. <laughs> and I'm like, hang on. You could be killing off loads of other people's like wives yeah. and children and husbands and, you know, everything like that. And so. You, you, that thing of sort of the 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 wanton violence, you know, and that sort of thing of the the uh, recognizing uh, that you know you shouldn't really just open fire in an open on a street, um, or, you know, just because you're chasing another bad guy. Like you, that should be the moment, shouldn't it? Of like, 
you should try, you know, going to open fine and stopping and someone going like, you know, I can't, too many people, too many, you know, there's too many people, this is not safe. And then chasing him down, like the, 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 recognizing what happened to your wife and then applying it to your to your future adventures and sort of like, but that, you're right, because that but that quandary is never introduced for, for male yeah. characters. Like they haven't got to address it. Do you think in Terminator, the first one, do you think Sarah Connor is weak? Not as like a written character, but as in... As a human? Who she as is a, as, as a person. character, yeah. No, not particularly. I think yeah, I don't either. She's 19 years old. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things I like about the film, the, the, more I, the more I watch the film, some of the things I like about it is actually sort of some of her relationships. Like her and uh, her housemate... Um, whose name escapes me now. But her and her housemate, like, you know, they've clearly got this relationship, they've got this friendship. She, you know, her, her housemate is, or her flatmate is like the, the outgoing one and sort of like, you know, has the sort of like the mass, the big muscly boyfriend who, um, you know, has clearly has a bit of a joking relationship with Sarah as well. Like they've they've got a past and this other stuff. But she's the more sensible one. Like she's not played weak. She's just clearly the more, like she, Sarah Connor is the reason that their rent gets paid on time every month. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, not not the the housemate. Sarah's the one that gets that sorted. Like, that's how I've always read her. Um, and so it, she's not weak. Like, because then also you know when it all goes down. I mean, to be fair, she goes out in LA on her own, like, right? Like, and and to... knows and knows if there's somebody following you. The scale of go to a nightclub, go to a public yeah, place. Exactly. Like, she makes sensible. She Sarah kind of makes sensible decisions mm-hmm. throughout. You know. Um. It's Especially for a nineteen-year-old, I was a shit show. Yeah, 19. exactly. Yeah, it's a miracle yeah. I'm not dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. There's a whole <laughs> generation that are just sort of like you know, we should have been poisoned by 2020 at some point. <laughs> not the year, the drink. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I don't think Sarah Connor's a weak character. I think she's a young woman, mm. and so it's it, it's not her weakness that that beats her. It's the circumstances overtake her. Um, I mean, the moment she. The mo- the pivot the pivot in that film as well is not her. Mm-hmm. The pivot in that film is she goes to Technoir, um, which is a club I'd love to have visited. I love it. it's the <laughs> best club, one of my favorite clubs in films. But she comes, she sort of sits up from that table. Arnie, the Terminator identifies her and pulls out an Uzi. I know, amazing. Just opens fire, and then obviously Kyle Reese opens fire. So it's a gun battle. So. And then Kyle Reese grabs her. Like at that point, she's just like, "What is going on?" Like circumstances overtake her more than her being weak, and she accommodates, she adapts to the situation yeah. pretty quickly. See her in the police station, mm. you know, like incredible. I wouldn't be that quick thinking. I would, I would be dead within seconds. In like right from the beginning of this film, be like Sarah Connor, <laughs> oh, Mia Carrigan, yeah, hi, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Shortly, Humani- I'm finished. Humanity's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, we see it in the police station again. It's competence. I, you know, I've said it a million times. I love people who are competent, mm. and you know, she may not be in the first one. You know, she may not be the future Sarah Connor that we know. But there's the kernel of who she can become. Yeah, it's and I find no, yeah. that so interesting that that Cameron doesn't wipe the slate of that. No. It, you know, that in the in the second film, she's physically different. But personality-wise, it feels like it, she's a continuation of the same character. Oh, 100%. I know that she's resilient. Mm. She's in LA working in a as a waitress, but basically by herself at 19, 
things aren't great in your life if yeah. that's what you're doing right mm. so we already know that she's got resilience and so and all it is is an expansion of that yeah exactly you see it throughout the film that especially the first film you see that development of the resilience and the character like the more she learns and she recognizes that because like, at the police station, like I said, she hides under a desk, like she's scared. But she's not, it's not weakness. It's not like I don't expect her to go out gun yeah, blazing. Like, yeah. You're watching like competent police officers being mowed down by this unstoppable machine. And so her hiding under the desk is completely common sense. Unfortunately, it's what they now have to teach kids in school. Yeah. But um, it's, so yeah, you know, I find it it's but as she learns more, um, and the final scene in the first film when they're in the factory and Kyle's obviously been hit, uh, been, been hurt and she's the one that he falls down and she's turned all the machines and she grabs the, the bag with the, with the, uh, the bombs and the pipe bombs in, but she's the one that's keeping them going. She's like, you know, on your feet soldier, come on. Like she's, a, she's a working with him at that point. Like, as you say, that's the kernel of what she will become um, in, in the second film. So yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's a great continuation. That's why, that's why I think she's such a strong character. She's so interesting. She's so, mm. like her and Ripley, and I'm sure many people have done their thesis on both characters. Like, I think we could just sit and talk about constantly about, like, all day long little things about them that's so interesting. How do you feel about some of the later um, representations of her? So both when... How do you feel? First, well, I'll get into that. How do you feel about how she dies in law? That it's not that it's it's leukemia. Oh, is it leukemia, leukemia. or cancer that takes leukemia. her out? Yeah. Terminator Three can suck my balls. Such back. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that, that such film, bullshit. That film takes with one hand and gives with another. Mm. I, 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 I like the fact that that film ends the way it does with Judgment Day. It's kind of ballsy. Like it's it's got some really good bits in that film, but the cop out of having her die off screen, such bullshit. And I know that she didn't want to come back, and I know there's other reasons. And fine, fair enough. But it's such I don't know. Fair it just ways feels, to do it. It does. It feels like such a cop out for such a great character. Um, and you know, who deserves more? Exactly. Which is why I was glad they brought her back for Dark Fate. Now, yeah, and even in Dark Fate. Like you know, it has its flaws, and I think that you know the opening with the John Connor everything is a bit meh. But I like her character. The fact that she has let again, it's human. She's not just a she's a human. Like this thing's overtaken her, and she's been given this opportunity for redemption, and she's given that you know she's to, to be that thing. I still think she's the same character mm. that we've met twice before. Um, so no, I, I I kind of yeah, I think she's a fascinating character in that respect. How do you feel about the other iterations of her? So Amelia Clark and Lena Headey. Le- so the, I think the Sarah Connor Chronicles is an underrated show. Oh my god, I agree, and I would watch Lena Headey in anything. Oh yeah, Lena Headey is awesome. Like, Lena, King Lena amazing. Hedy. Yeah, um, yeah, Lena Headey is amazing. If if, if um, oh, there's a there's a wrestling movie called uh, some Panthers that came out last year, maybe the year before. And she's in that like a cameo as this sort of like uh, promoter, and she's mm. amazing. Like she's so funny. She's just an amazing actress. She's so brilliant. Um, but you know, I thought she was great. I think she works really well in that. I think yeah, she, ca- she carries a, sa- a similar um, weight of knowledge as mm-hmm. the Linda Hamilton version. 
I think Amelia Clark is awful in everything she does. Yeah, I agree. I really like her as a person. So oh, I'm sure she's lovely. I've never, I've never met uh, her. Like whenever, but... you, well, I've not met, her, but like whenever you see interviews with her and yeah. stuff, I think, oh God, I would definitely, we would definitely be friends. But she was such a poor choice. Yes. For iconic Sarah Connor, I like iconic. That was just Genesis. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Genesis is bottom of the barrel. And also, because isn't Genesis an? Is it an alternative reality? It's an alternative timeline. It's supposed to be... It doesn't make any sense. So it's couldn't we make Sarah Connor not a white woman? No, in the sense that... Well, you switch could do whatever you want, really. It's, it's fiction. <laughs> it's it, but no, it's not an alternate reality. It's a... Uh, and, and this is I've only watched time. it once, by the way. Okay. We actually tried it's, to watch it fairly recently. And we I wouldn't, it it's dreadful. It, no, instead, we were like, well, it's not happening. It's yeah. going off. Instead of, instead of going back to 1984, the 1984 things happened, but in the in Genesis timeline, someone went back 10 years earlier. And so and so you get a Terminator going back to protect her in 74, 76. Right. And that and so he was actually raised by a Terminator, by Arnie. Okay. And that's she calls him Pops. And the moment I got into that bit, I was like, okay, this is bullshit and I hate it. So I'm not watching this anymore. Like I, I, I detest <laughs> that film. It's like, yeah, there are certain franchises where like you just, you know, uh Terminator Genesis, The Predator, um, yeah. and uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, <laughs> and a good day to die hard. No, that was the one. Lo- um yeah, good day to die hard. Like where they just that certain franchises just hit a bit where you're like, yeah, I don't recognise that film anymore. That film does not <laughs> exist in canon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so but the, the, those are those characters. But let's move forward. Those, those were the yeah. Genesis. Sorry, I distracted. No, 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 no. It's a good, good with what would just be point. normal general chat and not necessarily yeah. good content. Moving, moving forward because there are other. So I then looked into this. I was looking at sort of like female action stars and, and stuff, and you get there are there are sort of. Um, we talked obviously this started with the eight the 80s really but and this is the wet let's call it the western let's call it western white this female thing, yeah so this so i was thinking of you know so the, you know i think ripley and other stuff and that right but what's it you know um oh my god what's it greer pam greer pam greer so this is exactly it so i recently recorded with tonya and dan recently it was ages ago now um go listen to it um it's pam greer and we talked coffee and foxy brown and that you know most i would say most white female action stars have somehow ripped off oh in yes. some way of ripped off not somehow sorry, in some way ripped off Pam, Pam Greer. Pam, Pam Greer, and especially sort of from my recollection, I've got them on the shelf and I do need to watch them again sometime soon, but my recollection is um, not Coffee. What's Foxy the one? Brown. Foxy Brown, sorry. Foxy Brown is is almost like a template for so much that mm-hmm. comes comes forward. Because Coffee's a revenge, like a revenge flick, isn't it? And, and Foxy Brown's a bit more of like a if I remember rightly, a bit more like a um, international sort of, not international, but like a adventure. There are some planes involved, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it is one of those sort of like Foxy Brown, but Pam Grid, like the black exploitation, seem to explore and give give women representation way more than 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 um, white women. You know, um, I was thinking about this because you sort of in the seventies you get um, what was the cop show. Um, 
Damn it. There was a fem- two female police police women. And oh, you had, like, I don't know. And then you had Charlie's Angels and um I'm gonna find it now while this, but there was so the TV was willing to um you know go there. Uh, well uh, but we see that as well. We like you know, some of my favorite TV shows are female action orientated alias. But yeah. obviously, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, my favorite yes. TV show. Um, even Fringe, to to some extent, although it's less actually more sort of sci-fi type stuff. You know, I think. And then we got to start getting into Castle and stuff like that. Things that are slightly more modern, where I think women are allowed to take the reins and be more action focused. I remember when Alias first came out. I remember started watching it with Jack, and being like what is it she's getting to do everything that men get to do but then also because it's jennifer garner she's so incredibly vulnerable mm. um but at the same time jennifer garner cries i will cry thank you very much um don't watch anything that she's in if you're feeling slightly emotional you know but we also got to see women both the stars and their stunt doubles doing proper action yeah and seeing them work hard even like dark angel with jessica alba right mm. um you know it's not great when you watch it now but at the time i remember being like oh my god she gets to ride a bike and do cool well, sci-fi stunts yeah. and things like I that i mean you know not that you know we we sort of don't really mention his name now but joss whedon in the sort of the late 90s early 2000s he said it was buffy the vampire slayer dollhouse um you know elijah dushku was doing stuff uh, in it, but even in Firefly, like mm-hmm. the women were, yeah, the female engineer, yeah, this is his sort of like you know, second command. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, River, the ultimate River, yeah, exactly. So he, you know, there was that push, it, you know, it became more the norm, but it seemed to be more the norm on TV mm-hmm. than on the big screen. Maybe it's because the money you're investing in a film. But again, like- yeah, I think that's actually a really good point. Maybe you can take more risks in TV because they can cancel it after six episodes, right? Mm. So if you've got a woman taking the helm in an action role and the uh, studios don't think it's landing, then you cancel it. You don't do it, right? Whereas yeah. films, it doesn't work like that. Well, Buffy was a failed film. Not failed film, that sounds wrong, but it was a bit of a flop, wasn't it? And then it became yes. a successful TV yeah. show. Um, I mean, granted, the film's not that great. The TV show is way better. But <coughs> go and listen to me, Jack and Tony, talk about it. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman, Cheap right? Pop. Isn't Cheap Wonder pop. Woman? Yeah, Cheap Pop's from the seventies. Linda yeah. Carter. Yeah, exactly. So the, it works on TV, but it never seemed to sort of um, filter up or filter to the big screen, to the silver mm-hmm. screen. Um, and in many cases, you know, you get. Um, it's almost like I'm trying to think of examples. Not even sidekicks, right? I mean, it, it, there's there's a Dirty Harry film that has uh, a female partner in that, and she does some bits. But like again, she, you know, she's not an action star. It's uh, Cagney and Lacey. There you go, Cagney and Lacey. Oh, Cagney and Lacey. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that came was, to you in the end. Came to you because that's who the, one of the, the the from Dirty Harry. She plays one of Cagney and Lacey, um, but. Yeah, it never seems to filter up, and it you know. But you, so you said you had the black exploitation ones, and I'm sure there's others than than Pam Greer. But even in the martial arts, well, that's the other thing: Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, well, Michelle Yeo, Flying is, Daggers, and Michelle Yeo. You know, famously, she 
did so many of her own stunts and like, yeah. is a true if, action hero. Well, she was. But, so, so Michelle Yeoh was put up, put up against Jackie Chan in uh, Police Story Three: Supercop. Um, and even got her own spin-off from the back off the back of that. Like she was a legit uh, Hong Kong action star. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't the first. I'm sure that there were several. But you get like you, know, so you got like yeah, Sandra, uh, Sandra, um, Sandra yeah, so Maggie Q. Yeah. Um, uh, another one who has that sort of martial arts, sort of like you know Hong Kong background. They didn't seem to be um, not as bothered because again, it was very male centric. It was very male heavy, but they still sort of pioneered in that sense as well mm-hmm. uh, where we weren't willing to do so um and you know i think sort of like i was thinking about other action movies that have female characters in and they never they never um even if they're competent women, they're never allowed to be the full action star. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, so even like I'd say, like if you look at Die Hard, like Holly Gennaro, sort of like, you know, uh, Bruce Willis's, you know, John McClane's wife, she's a successful businesswoman. But the point is that that's, that's sort of driven apart, which is his own problem. But she's still shown to be a competent woman. She stands up to the to the terrorists or the thieves and all that sort of like she's She holds, a, holds her position and becomes a representative of the people and that. But she never becomes an action star. And I think of like uh, Sandra Bullock in Demolition Man. Like she's a cop, but you know, at the end of the film, like he tases her and knocks her out. So it becomes one on one with hit with you know Stallone and, and Wesley Snipes. Um there's always even even in speed, like Sandra Bullock again in speed, like she's excellent in it and I love speed, but she's behind the wheel. Like mm-hmm. her her role is, is driving the bus and stuff while Keanu Reeves does all the action things. I suppose from a west, I'm trying to say a Western point of view. My thought is Trinity is when the mold really starts mm-hmm. to break, and that's not till '99. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And you think you know it, it's it's the classic, isn't it? That <laughs> that Asian and black cinema has been doing something and been doing an interesting thing with female action characters who are tend to be fully well-rounded as well. Mm. And then we westernize it and do it yeah. less well yeah. <laughs> in many cases. Um, and fuck up the themes that they have in their, in their films as well as all of the action and make it more palatable for a wider audience. I mean, we suck white people. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, you know, we definitely do that. I was, when you were talking, I was thinking of, you know, an example like Underworld, for example. So I've watched that again recently because I've not watched it for ages and I can't remember who, but somebody in the Comics and Motion family really likes it. Um, and I have not watched it for ages. <laughs> and I was like, I've not watched it for ages because I didn't like it. And I was watching, I was like, like she's got she's sexy she's in that tight clothes but she also sort of falls in love and all of this sort of shit and I'm like why 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 can't she just be a badass vampire going around and killing people um yeah but then funny enough you mentioned Trinity and she is a really interesting example because we with Trinity you're in danger of seeing her through Neo's eyes Mm -hmm. like you know it, it but the way 
the Wachowski sisters do it isn't like that. I think no. I I'm I'm not their biggest fan. Um but I give them a lot of respect in terms of that film and how Trinity is allowed to be a character in her own right, with her own motivations. She doesn't want to be seen through Neo's eyes. No. The fact that they fall in love just is like, well, kind of fate, but also just sort of like, it's just a byproduct of, of what is going on in her life. And it just sort of slips into it, you know? And she's still allowed to be herself and be strong yeah. and tough and teach him and show him a thing or two. Well, that's what I was going to make a point of, actually, is one of the things is, consider all the characters in that. The film will not start with Neo. Like, it's, that's the point. It's the, the origin story of Neo. But you could have had any one of, like, you know, Dozer or Cypher or even Morpheus doing some shit at the start of the film. But it's interesting that the start of the film opens with Trinity kicking ass. And so she's the first of the, you know, the matrixy people that you sort of see. So in that, and that's interesting to me. They're like, oh, okay, this is about, you know, the, the, she's not seen as a, this. I want, to, I want to be careful how I word this. She's not seen as a as a woman. Yeah. In the sense of like, she's just a just a member of this crew. Yeah, she's not shot in a salacious way. No. She's not. The camera doesn't happen to linger on her butt or her boobs or anything like that. You know, there's none of that. No. She this, she could easily be a man. Exactly. But this is the difference between uh, um, Trinity and whatever the hell the character's called in uh, Underworld. Selena. Selene, right? The difference is, like you said, like she's Trinity's in that tight leather and the pleather or whatever the hell it is. And, you know, if that's your thing, I'm sure it's sweaty and horrible. But <laughs> when you, as you say, it's not salacious, it's not done for titillation, it's, it's anything. It's just because they're like, oh, it looks cool. Yeah. Looks, and she badass. dresses herself. We know yeah. she gets dressed herself. She goes into the Matrix. It's her choice. Goes, this is what I want to wear. Yeah. But the opposite is that they've taken a similar aesthetic and applied it to Underworld, but they've done it for titillation and, and, and mm-hmm. like you said, to be salacious. And that's where I think part of the problem is, is that you look at sort of like, not only is that Underworld's crap, but it, it doesn't work. But for those reasons, you, yeah, it's hard to sort of um, have that same thing. Because again, like, you know, it's not the story. They wanted to do like Romeo and Juliet, but like they, they weren't quite sure what they were doing. Um. Because around the same time, the other one that sort of sp- springs to mind, which is an interesting one, I'll be interested in your notes on uh, your feelings on this, is Mia Djokovic. Mm. Djokovic. So she obviously starts, from my point of view, and see, I recognise her from um, Fifth Element. Yeah, I love Fifth Element so much. Yeah, which is a great film. And then obviously goes on to basically uh, kick ass in the Resident Evil films. Now, love them or hate them, you know, and her and, and Paul W. Anderson, like, you know, not... Remember, remember which Paul Anderson you're watching because they're very, <laughs> yeah, very different. Don't get the wrong one. Yeah, that's a very different night in with your <laughs> your pretentious friends. Um, hey, but, hey. We'll move on to that. We'll move on to Paul Thomas Anderson another day. Yeah, big um, fan over here. Thank you very much. Okay. You watch yourself, sir. I'm, I'm very 50-50 on him. Oh, um, the master! Come on. We'll, we'll we'll cover that one day, but. She, although like she, you know, she she gains her paycheck because her husband's the director, and that's mm. a different story. But I always, I find the fact that like she is, she is one of those true. She is the for me, she's like the female equivalent of an Arnie or a Stallone. Mm-hmm. 
because she's a true action star. Like she's done other stuff, but like you get her in to do the female action role because she's really good at it. Yeah. Um, and like the films are never fantastic. Yeah, you know, much like Arnie and Stallone, they're always they're, you're always gonna, she's got better ones uh, and worse ones. But like to me, Mia Djokovic is almost like the pinnacle at some point of being a female action star. And this is where she sort of cracks that mold in those early two thousands. Um. And I just find that so, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on, on Mia Djokovic in that? Yeah, film? absolutely. I mean, I really like her. I don't think she's actress wise the best actor, however, no, God, I think no, as no, an action no. star, she is absolutely fantastic and she completely brings it and dedicates herself to uh, making, I was about to say making it realistic, but I don't think that's right. I think, I think you could watch her in Fifth Element or the Resident Evil Evil films and not know whether it's her or the stunt double. Well, in many cases, it's her. Like, she did a lot of That's what I mean. Like, as in, like, you know, because there will be some things she won't be allowed to do because... Yeah, insurance. Yeah, it's too high. But I I think you could not tell. Like, and I think that's incredible. And I think it's, you know, we, we see this with some of like Michelle Rodriguez as well. Yeah, she was the next one on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, is in, um, and there is another actress who I don't want to talk about, but there is another actress who, who's been, who was in Mandalorian. Talk about anyone, it, whether they, whatever. No, no. Well, we're, not, we're not big in them up. We're just saying that we appreciate more or that we recognise them for something they have done in the past. Um. Gina Carino. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think also she is not a great person. However, you know, Haywire. Yeah, I did. I was, yeah, fantastic. You know. <laughs> yeah. And it get, this is you know, not about know, her as a person. Yeah, uh, yeah, but not. as in, like, as in, just like with just like with Mel Gibson, star. just like yeah. with Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> You need to recognize, I think it's fair to recognize the work she did for Haywire. And, and yeah, it's fantastic. You know. Yeah. And I think it's really exciting that we can, that we're seeing women like that come on screen. Women who aren't, because my biggest pet peeve is, and you know, everybody talks about this, is you get women on screen who are action stars. And this worked in Buffy, because this is the whole trope it was trying to do, who are skinny little women who are uh. not, who do not have strong bodies. And it's like they will not they will not be able to shoot the gun. That kickback on that gun is insane. Mm. You know, they won't be able to, like, you know, can't do those karate kicks and stuff like that because you have to have an incredible core, all of this sort of stuff. And it just really pisses me off. Like, why is the world so afraid of showing a stacked woman? We're seeing it currently with She-Hulk, right? The whole stuff around She-Hulk where, oh, she was too skinny because they kind of want her to be sexy still and like who gives a fuck yeah like it's not real it's, yeah it's not real like <laughs> there are women who are weightlifters who are who have such strong athletic yeah. bodies serena williams you know you have the same yeah. thing right yeah. fucking hell none of you were beating her in a fight by the way you pissy oh, little men no um yeah you know, we had the exact same thing with the last of us part two and the body model for one of the characters in it um and like everyone was like we don't like because she's too muscly a woman would never be able to be this muscly and like the actual woman who was based on was like Literally, I am this muscle. Yeah. This like, is what, this is the, the silliest. The silliest. This is the silliest argument, right? And what you have to do to to, to counter this argument 
is go to a film like um, True Lies or oh, female action stars, True Lies, Jamie yeah, Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, now again, James Cameron, but you know, take someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you know, and you have all these roles where Kindergarten Cop is another good one. Like, yeah, he's got this sort of span of films where he's like, I'm just a regular guy, and you go, um, you're still built like a bodybuilder. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this works. <laughs> like, you're still going on the barbarian. Like, someone you can't say to someone they shouldn't be this, and then go, but I'm I'm willing to accept Arnie as six one and two hundred eighty pounds worth of muscle. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, it's, it's just, no, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's, 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 just it's like, the dumbest comment. Even in action films, like, our bodies don't belong to us as women. Like, even in action films, mm. something has to be said about our bodies. And the bodies is the last thing that you should be focusing on, unless you're talking about the amazing physicality of what that body is doing. <laughs> like, action films should be a place of body neutrality. It yes. should be about, look at this amazing muscle machine, whether it's male or female, or in between, hey, and what it's doing, that's what we should be wowed by. We shouldn't be going, a woman's body shouldn't look like that, or can never do that. It doesn't fit into my ideal of what a woman's body should look yeah. like. None of that matters. We should be going. These people have trained their bodies into these amazing things. Isn't that extraordinary? No, it's not. Uh, what, what, if you're ever going to complain about that as well, then watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme film and find out some of the ridiculous situations he's able to insert the splits into. <laughs> And his butt, he loves his naked butt. He does. Well, you know, to be fair, it's a well-toned butt. So <laughs> if I was, if I had a well-toned butt, I think I would be sort of like, it would be out at every opportunity. So fair play to him. I always say this. I always talk about how youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. If I had my body now that I had in my 20s, I would just be probably naked all the time. Yeah. But I wasn't naked all the time in my 20s because I was like, oh, my body, gross. Now I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's it's so true it is so true um, but, uh, but there's two things of two points i actually want to sort of touch on there about, about action movies and action stars now one of the one of the things i i a- action films are are the ridiculous okay we can accept the ridiculous in an action film right we can accept a bus jumping a a, a 90 feet gap and mm-hmm. you know cheering it we can accept People fighting off, you know, we can accept, you know, Arnie invading the island of Valverde and fighting off an an army of people. You know, we can accept the ridiculous in an action film. And that's the point. And you said about the body, the body and the sort of the the, basically, in many cases, the homoeroticism in many 80s films. But also just the sort of the the, the beauty. This is sound really weird, but the beauty of the physicality, mm-hmm, and that's not just not just sort of like the musculature, but like you said, the choreography and um the physicality of it all is there to be admired that's the point like i I get bored of shooty shooty pew pew sort of things i like to see some of the fighting because it it's much more interesting um which is why i like some sort of martial arts films because i find them fascinating to watch but the same applies to the female the female action films as well the female body you know i I, i'm not there to say it's there for titillation but you have to admire like you say you say you know um uh, Michelle Rodriguez or, or Mia Djokovic or, or, or um, even Kate Beckinsale or whatever, like you know, or um, damn it, I can't remember who the actress who plays Trinity, and that's really annoying me. But Ariane Moss, thank you. You know, you watch them, and you know, I will say, yeah, they look fantastic. Like, they look amazing. Like, they, 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 you know, they are the the body beautiful. Like they have worked incredibly hard to be able to do this stuff, 
and I will not, you know, and yeah, yeah, I'll probably go, yeah, they're really sexy and everything that, but like they're not, but the, I'm not then going to complain and go, well, they can't do this. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's ridiculous. Like, that's not the point of this. Like, accept the ridiculous. Yeah, and it's about, a, like, it's about, right. So, my friend has like amazing abs, she's got a great six pack. I can look at that and go, that's amazing that you've got a six pack. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I don't have any other thoughts about it. And that's how I feel about men's bodies. I will look at a man and be like, you've got a six pack or biceps or you have a beer belly, which is my preferred. Um, but I won't go at it and then objectify that body. I'll no. just be like, that's just your body. But when it comes to women in films and particularly in action roles, if it's not done correctly, it is all about whether you want to bang that body or not. But I disagree. I'm going to throw a bit of a counter into this because what I would say is there are scenes throughout the 80s and 90s, and it sort of changes probably a little bit into the 2000s. Um, Marvel brought it back a little bit even, where the male physical form is there for ogling and titillation. Um, St- Stallone probably less so than art than, than Schwarzenegger. Like Schwarzenegger was, you know, he, he would sneeze and his shirt would fall off, you know, sort of like... But how many women are watching Stallone and Schwarzenegger? Well, yeah, but the, yeah, but that's where it started. But my point I was going to go is to the 90s. Or that, or the, I would then say, let's say, Patrick Swayze or Keanu Reeves or the less sort of like, you know, overly muscled. But like that still existed in the 90s where they were there for... Um, a little bit of ogling, sort of like beefcake, if you will, to to a female cheesecake, and I would say I would say that that is part and parcel. That's, well, that's the phrase, isn't it? I would say that's part and parcel of the action film. Van Damme getting out his buns is there, but it's true, isn't it? Like it's there to it's it's part and parcel of it. Like it's, I'm not saying it's 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 right or wrong, but that's part and parcel of an action film. Is and I'm not saying boobs. I'm not saying sort of like get your buns out you know your baps out i'm not looking for that sort of level of sexualization but that sort of thing of um i'm trying to think of an example that would that uh but, me but and Djokovic, you know sort what, of film. what's different is that women's bodies are always commodified always <laughs> yeah, so whether you're, you're walking you're t- down the road but you're taking out a context yeah but you're looking at the wider context i'm talking about action films exclusively yeah, but, where but the body is action a, films but, but the action film is different it's a, it's, a, it's a genre in and of itself that's about the body so either whether we male or female i think that a level of titillation is always going to be is, sh- is always there and probably should always be there because it's a part and parcel of what that film is which i agree with but i think wider when we talk about wider action yeah, like, films yeah um, that have women i don't think that status is already there you know like i think you know you can watch tomb raider and you go oh but she's got big tits and stuff like that in the game but there are way there are ways that film is shot that does not need to be shot in that way that many times and you can also watch an action film you know and not always the guy gets his top off and all of that sort of thing but for women that's when she, oh she happens to be having a shower why you know why well, no, do we again, need to see that no, scene? She, if I saw yeah. that body of her amazing biceps throwing a knife, you know, because you need that power, like I'm on board for it. But it's the titillation are, yeah, yeah. that I don't the, like. For, the, for, all the, for all the films I've watched and all the female films, there are whenever it is the film, there are there are there, there aren't. I've not seen in action sort of films in particular that sort of like. There's very few of that 
as you say, that sort of like in the shower. There, there are men ones. Stallone, again, another one that loves to do it. Van Damme seems to want to do it, you know, in the shower. Um, it, it, I think it's Assassins with Stallone. Oh, and, God, and, Assassins. I forgot about that yeah, film. Has both sort of like... Has both, has that Stall- is a shout out. Yeah, but like that has both Stallone and Banderas taking showers. So like, <laughs> like. But there's still, you know, there's still a way that the fe- that the female body is dressed in action films and stuff like that. To an extent, I, but I also, you know, there's yeah. no reason why half of them have to wear the clothes that they're wearing, but, as is demonstrated. But but then you know, I'd say the same for the for the male. Like you know, you you why you know, and I would use. Um, I mean, you know. That, I know it's not to the same extent, and it's you know I just think with action titillation probably does go across the line. There are scenes that go across the line, most definitely. But I think it goes on both ways. But again, like Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy, which isn't I know it's not really a it's not really an action film, but the thing of the moment of his reveal of his body is clearly only there to sort of for the same sort of titillation. That doesn't mean that it should be there. No, no, I'm not, but, I'm, but here's the point. Like I'm, I, but I'm fine with that. Like I'm not, I'm not against that because again, I'm looking at him and going like, yeah, fair play. You got, you know, you got a fair body going there, mate. Well done. Like, you know, if anything, he's an inspiration because he was like, he was the chubby one in in Parks and Rec. <laughs> and I look and go, fucking hell, good man. Yeah, make me a millionaire and I could go to the gym. Yeah, oh yeah, day. exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. But this, this idea of sort of like, I don't know, there's a, there's an element of it with action. It, it, I think, I think going back to Demolition Man. Okay, I'll use this as an example. In Demolition Man, there's a scene where um, they're at Taco Bell and they're attacked, and Stallone then takes out all the sort of like the bad guys and stuff. And after um, Sandra Bullock says to him about um, the, the, the violence is relate is linked with a heightened sense of arousal. So basically, she's admitting that she's turned on because she's seen this thing, and then they have sort of like this virtual sex thing, which is is awkward and, and weird but it's supposed to be it's, it's funny but it, it hits a very good point i mean that film is a satire not realizing it's a satire but there's a whole point there about action and sex and action and titillation just being intrinsically linked through the 80s like you know not so much in the 70s the 70s was about gritty you know it was a bit more gritty action like there wasn't you know we talked about sort of pam Grier, but i'm talking about dirty harry or the french connection or, or those sorts of films but the sort of the bombastic action films are more sort of linked with that sort of like the flexing of muscles and, and the, the oiled up and yeah exactly that that's all part and parcel of that body beautiful to be celebrated is so linked with sex to in, in, at least in my mind maybe I'm just a really dirty fucker I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but I always see it in that way but I don't see it in a sort of like um exploitative sense i just i just i've always sort of considered it even as a kid like it's part and parcel of that genre like you know the titillation is there but as long as it's not too exploitative or as long as it's not too gratuitous or pointless i always hate the pointless sex scenes when it's sort of like you know oh God, they, yeah. they irritate me because i'm just like oh no get to get more explosions <laughs> and blow shit up <laughs> i want more running yes exactly yeah yeah so, but I don't know. It just feels to me like you know, it, I'm not giving it. I'm not giving action films a pass, but I feel it's more, it's more a part of it. Like it's more sort of like you know, it's supposed to be a part of it because of its. That's the point of the bombasticness it's of it. It's just, it's just the intention of the filmmaker as well. You know, if if it's because you want to see this 
hot chick in not many clothes shooting guns, not great. If it's because, you know, you do want to, because this is the problem, because if it's you do want to celebrate a, a strong body and see that strong body at work, great. But I would say the line between that is incredibly blurred. Yeah, And I would say it's not as, you know, intentions aren't as pure as that. Also, Jean-Claude Van Damme, just put your pants on. Let's put them on. Johnny, you you keep your tight shorts on, mate. You celebrate your butt. (laughs) You've been doing your squats. His buns are steel. Your buns are steel, yeah. Your muscles in Brussels. Um, (laughs) The the other thing I wanted you touched on that I wanted to talk about was that you made a really good point about fight choreography and winning. So, you know, you go back to those 80s films, and we make, we make the big, you know, you watch, again, we use the big words. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is a really good example, actually, because the man was a, a mixed martial artist. He, he was legit. He could do that stuff. Um, That's how he got recognised. You know, he, he kicked, a, he kicked I think, someone's hat off at Canon Film, and then he were like, you need to be in a, you need to be in a film. Um, right, so it was a much more innocent time back then, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, yeah. The the whole story of Jean Claude Van Damme and how he got into films is fascinating. Like it's a whole other thing. But like he could legit do that stuff. Like you watch him, you see those roundhouse kicks or his in punching, and you go, okay, that's going to take someone's head off. Like you know, you you accept that as a as a thing. Um, and then but then like you say there are certain female actors, and I will use Gina Carino as a as, a, as an example, like former. UFC fighter. Same with what's her face, uh, Ronda Rousey. Oh, I didn't know that she was a fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a former UFC fighter. So Ronda Rousey. Really? From, yeah, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. So you get these sort of character when you go, oh, I've seen you fight. Like, I've seen you legit like rip into someone. Like I'm gonna bite. You've got the stack. You've got the bills. You've clearly got the the, the agility and the flexibility. You look like, and I think Haywise is a really good example where you watch that and you're like. Oh yeah, you look like that. That makes sense. Like I believe that. It, I feel that like um, Michelle Rodriguez is a similar one, where when I see her punching people out, I'm like, oh no, I, I fully accept. Yeah. That Michelle Rodriguez would take someone's head off. Like I've got no problem with that. But then you do see other actresses doing things, and I'm just like, yeah, you're clearly not doing that. Like, yeah. and, and I think, and unfortunately, I think one of the the, the worst culprits for this, and so much so otherwise, is although I really like her, is Scarlett Johansson Uh, as Black Widow. Yes. The spinny head round kick thing just feels like I'm bored of that. (laughs) Like, it never feels like it has any weight to it. And they had such a long time to get her trained up Mm. and get her physically... So what I like about the comic book Black Widow, apart from lots of the sexy outfits and stuff like that is usually her muscles are very defined Mm -hmm. well not usually Mm -hmm. it's often in some artist's interpretation of her you know she looks strong and she looks tough it's not just about big tits in the black uh catsuit Mm -hmm. thing is it such a shame that in i have such a huge problem with black widow in the in the mcu that they don't can't think of the right words they don't spend the time and the energy i mean maybe she didn't want to as an actress you know but making her stronger making her able to do more of these things herself you know 
putting a bit of muscle mass on again she may have not wanted to but then does that mean she was the right fit for the role you know it's you know it's all of these sort of things whereas I I appreciate more you know the the Zoe Bells the Jennifer Garners Mm. all you know all of those women Gina Carino (laughs) Michelle Rodriguez you know I appreciate that it's there's some realism there yeah I, th- I think it's twofold because you're right about the body type and about the, the putting on the muscle mass or putting in the training and i think an example again is mia Djokovic. like you know she can yeah. do this shit and again when you see her doing a jump kick or whatever like there's a part that goes like yeah all right <laughs> I, I, i'll buy that fine um you know I, I i take it that she is you know she does martial arts like she knows some of this stuff it looks legit uh, one of the best examples of this though i'd say is is well no, where the point before i get to it is also the fighting style. Mm. This spinny round head stuff and whatever, like it gets boring. The fact of the matter is, I, you know, I'm six foot. I'm heavier, a lot heavier than I should be. You know, right? I'm. If I throw a punch and it hits someone, I'm probably going to do some damage. Like I've been in fights. I've, I was, you know, I've been wrestling. I've played rugby and rugby football. Like I could do damage. I know I could do. But if I was to take someone who, you know, an average female size or sort of like you know or whatever is going to do less damage in the same way they can't do brawling they can't do sort of like swild haymakers do you know what i mean so you need to think about how you're going to use them and in some cases they do and i think about like atomic blonde is a really good example of this and again i'd like to throw out charlie's theron as another action female action star i think she's ace like charlie's theron is just phenomenal but atomic blonde is so clever in the fact that she's just like the guys don't go down first punch. Like she has to do things and she uses the things around the room. And the whole one, there's a fight in the kitchen where then she ends up using sort of a hose and all this other stuff and all these things like, and you go, that to me feels brutal and makes sense. Like she's not taking out three guys with three kicks and a, a punch. Like it's, it's a hard worn fight. Yeah, it's- absolutely. And I think, <sighs> I think it's okay for female action stars to have different fighting styles to mm. male action stars. I don't think women have to imitate men no. to be strong or to be stars, action stars in their own right. I think I think there is enough different types of women in the world that their different body types and their different strengths and their different weaknesses can be represented in films much like it can be for men in action films. Bruce Willis in Die Hard is not a stacked action man, right? No, no, no. Right? So how come he gets to do that, but a woman doesn't, But right? he doesn't, though. That's the point. In that film, that film's so different. If you watch that film... But, like, you know... I'm, I know what you're saying. Let's talk about Die Hard. But, you know, I'm saying yeah. that somebody like Bruce Willis gets to be an action star. Yeah. Like, he still gets to be an action star. Taking away from, like, the Arnie's and the JCVDs and stuff like that, men can be, you know... Robert Redford was technically an action star at one point and, like, never was he, like, completely stacked. Mm-hmm. All of that sort of stuff. Like, different male representations get to, at some point, be an action star. And we don't get that with women. Or if we do get it, it's things like Uma Thurman in Kill Bill, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastic female action star. We get to, we have to see the journey of how she gets to that. Like exactly like you said, we have to see her use 
her smarts when fighting or tools when fighting and stuff like that. Now, just imagine if a man got the opportunity to do the same thing. You know, if we got a male action star who got to come in and like not be the toughest, but he's smart and he knows how to use almost Jason Bourne style, right? Well, he have, knows have to you ever use seen... like a paper and stuff like have, that, you know. Have you ever seen Nobody? No, I haven't seen it yet. No, it's on our oh. list. We'll never get around to watching it. Well, we probably will be in about five years time. But like, that's so exciting to me that we we just clear the board and we just say, hey, anybody can do this. Male, female, trans, like everything in between, non-binary, everybody in between can bring something to the because I love action films. Mm-hmm. I will watch any damn action film that comes along. Make my poor other half who doesn't like action films watch it. And you know, and there's always something I will enjoy in an action film, even if it's shit. So what if we just level the playing field and just let anybody try and be an action star? I, I see what you're saying, right? I, I, I sort of see what you're saying, but I'm gonna throw this out, okay, because there's, there's several things. You, I know you say about Robert Redford. I wouldn't say he was an action star. I'd say he was more of a. He did a couple of things that would be action adjacent, maybe in the seventies. But I get what you're saying. Like you know, Bruce Willis wasn't stacked, but he was sort of. But he was designed to be the the antithesis to Stallone and Schwarzenegger. That was sort of the point. Um, but one of the things I would say is, and this also is one of the things that really sort of like winds me up in some films is when any son of a bitch can pick up a gun or also enters yeah. into a fight and just ends up being successful. Um, there's a film called Death Sentence, I think. I think it's called Death Sentence, with Kevin Bacon in. Yes. And it was a remake, sort of, of Death Wish. Yes. Uh, in that film, like he's a, he's a regular guy who... Death Wish is one of those... It's another example where like you've got like you know Charles Bronson who is another action star, you know, Chuck Norris, exactly, all those sort of like, you know, these hard-worn older men with bad moustaches. Um, and in that, he's supposed to be an architect, and all of a sudden, like, he grabs a gun and he's taken, and for five films, he's taken out baddies left, right, and centre. Like, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But if you watch Death Sentence, you've got the same guy, some guy, his son is, I think, attacked and killed in a sort of like 7-Eleven, and he goes out, the whole point about it is about his basically sort of like mental collapse, taking revenge on these 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 thugs that killed his son. But like he, you see him have to learn how to use a gun and how to train, he has to train himself to load the gun and fire the gun. And it's not just a sort of like a montage, like it's hard for him, like he fucks it up and it makes a mess and there's all this. And so you go, all right, not everybody is good at this stuff. And that's one of the things of like, you know, just because someone's a cop, I hate I hate this this trope is like you know, and this is why Die Hard works and then became a mess is because it's sort of like oh he's a New York cop, which means he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, but now it would mean like he's a New York cop, so he has three different martial arts and he's absolutely stacked and he has connect you know he knows all this sort of like stuff and how to fight and you're like no they don't all know that it really winds mm, me mm, up mm. one of the things they used to cover this off in the 80s like the reason that martin riggs can do the stuff he does is because he was a former special ops soldier like you get that so you go okay that explains it and they sort of you know and the counter being bruce willis and die hard when he's not good at it like he barely survives that film like let's not forget let's not forget that like he doesn't st- like stand out of that film as, as you know um you know, like his hair intact and stuff. Like he comes out of hair. Yeah, all right. That's probably the better example. 
But like, you know, he comes out of that film like battered and almost dead. Like that's the point of the film. Like he's meant to be the regular guy. But we sort of you say about this thing about everybody being the action film. And I, I I don't want that. I want the action star to be right. to be the body beautiful. The action star should be something separate. I want to have the action star be that thing where I'm like, yeah, man, you is badass and you're taking out a room. Like I want Yeah, that, yeah. That's so I'm point. not saying that I want like me to be an action star, but I'm saying I want the same opportunities to be available to everybody to be an action star as in you know somebody chris pratt was never seen as an action star no, until it, you know yeah. i want i want you to look at melissa mccarthy although i would say she is in action in spy um, yeah, exactly. which is a fantastic yeah, yeah. film you know and go i and heat see heat the heat, heat with her and yeah Sandra yeah Sandra Bullock, yeah you know i want that same opportunity to be available hence the disappointment with somebody like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow yeah, it's, and it's just she is there to be body beautiful but exactly. not in the right way as an action star exactly. whereas give me Michelle Rodriguez with those beautiful biceps yeah exactly that's what I want I want to be slightly scared of the action star do you know what I mean like and I am slightly scared of Michelle Rodriguez like she she's yeah, she'll, kind of... she'll beat us all up Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to like cross. I wouldn't want to piss her off because I feel like I would. I, she'd hurt me in the best possible way. <laughs> <laughs> Revealed your kink. Yeah, but the same goes for like Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. And again, I think she's a fantastic actress who can do masses of ranges. But you mentioned like Salt, and I think of like Wanted and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like you know, not all of them fantastic films, but like she's one of those actresses again that you go. Oh, she's put the effort into this. Like she yes. looks, she yeah. belongs in that role, and then she can go off and do something else. And you go, oh, she belongs in that role. Like she's, she's an actress. Like she does that kind of thing. Um, and that's what I want, though. I want. I mean, you know, Wanted is a really good example of where well, the film, unfortunately, is not great, but like the, the character she plays in it is this incredibly confident assassin and sort of like you know and all this other stuff. And like she's kind of scary. Where you're like, yeah, Angelina Jolie is a little bit scary. <laughs> Um, and I, 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 that's my expectation is like, I don't want me, like, if I was to turn up and be like, I'm an action star, and they'd be like, no, you chubby fucker, you're not. <laughs> like, you, it yeah, but if work. you like stacked up, yeah, 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 that's and then fine. Came, I'm like, I'm there for it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't mind that, but like I say, like, this is the thing, like, you say, Chris Pratt's a really good example of doing this where he became because he was able to, because he, he, he got the, the body beautiful. But, the, the, you know, and again, if it's used in the right way, though. Again, like this is where The Rock is a really good example. Like, but, but there are certain actors that go, "Oh, that's my niche. Like I figured it out. Like I, that's what I do." And I think Arnie did it, and Stallone sort of. Did. Stallone's probably got a bit of a wider, uh, you know, oeuvre. But like The Rock did it, where he was like, oh, "Okay, that's me. That's the hole I fit in right there. I do these. I do action films, and I play up the joke of how big I am." cool that's the the point you know what i mean um and so i think that's sort of like where this this thing and with women i think it works if anything i think you know sometimes i think like you say some women work it and work it really well and i think they fit like yeah you, know, you always say legit female action stars me Djokovic, michelle rodriguez um i would even say sort of um as i was saying charlie Theron, like you know she's done multiple action films she look they, they turn up and they do the part they, they yeah. look the part and this is a bit like with other things like you know i i and i don't know if i'm being sort of like, no it's no it's not it's not it's not fine because if you turn up for certain if you're doing a certain role in a film you are supposed to look a certain way 
right? And the action film is part of that. Like, if you turned up to, um, like, yeah, you wouldn't sort of, you know, you probably wouldn't cast Daniel Day Lewis in your rom com. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, at no point is Daniel Day Lewis doing a farcical comedy with Jack Black. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't you don't hire yeah. that person. That's not the, the the you're not bringing that in. And so you're right, and that's why I sort of look at some of these action or these women that come into action stars, and they're just doing it to maybe fill out a paycheck or to fill out a CV to go. I've done the action thing, but then you say you watch like if you've ever seen Peppermint, uh, which is a Jennifer Garner sort of like revenge action film. It it, it went straight to Amazon Prime, but it's actually really good. Um, I think like I think like Death Wish, but as it with a female protagonist, like she comes to that role, and you're like, oh no, like that you you've brought everything to this role, like you look the part, you you are playing this properly, you look. It's a great film. It's got really sort of unfortunately didn't get the attention, and that's my thing with the action films. It's like I say, there are certain things I expect from an action movie that I think you have to bring, um, and I think fe- there are certain female actors that do it and know it and go. I'm in this, and there's others that just sort of rock up and go. I can do it because I'm beautiful, which I think is really disappointing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all, I, I completely agree with that. I don't think you should just be given a pass to be in an action film just because you're a beautiful actress. And you know, or exa- you know exactly what you said, or you bring it to a more interesting role, like Sarah Connor or mm. Ellen Ripley, and start you know write more interesting female action roles. Just, just do that. Maybe, maybe that's going to solve it for us, you know. And then we can have the best of both worlds. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that because you know, film story comes first. Like characters should always come first. But oh, good action film. The story has to be there, otherwise, it's a shit action film. Yeah, that doesn't mean there aren't some fun, some fun oh, shitty yeah. action. But, as as uh, discovered, yeah. I will watch any shitty action film. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. I think that's the point. You're right. Like, write interesting characters. Like, you know, and I think we've lost that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they they cared less about it in the nineties. There was like, here's the here's the bucket you fit in, and this is your character trope, and move on. But, but it but it worked. I, I don't really want to talk about male action stars too no, much. No. But but it worked because even though people, you know, the people who make who were making those films knew what they were making Mm. they weren't trying Mm -hmm. to elevate it in any way it was true dedication to making a particular type of film and I have a ton of respect for that and I love that everybody would then bring it and deliver that like that is often what I like about good action films is people go we know jumping over this car shooting two guns sort of stuff is stupid but we're going to fucking deliver it we're going to have some doves going up in the background looking at you yeah hard target all i can think about now is is hard target you know we're going to do but they're going to do it properly yeah i have a lot of respect for that and i feel that with female action films they don't do that it's Mm. just about chucking it out oh we need a female action film people liked atomic blonde let's do something similar it's like well you're not actually understanding what people liked about atomic blonde no i agree with that wholeheartedly i think that there aren't enough um uh, even franchise worthy female action stars not actually action characters Mm -hmm. um 
you know, because the thing is, like you say, and even but even though sort of like, like you say, there's ninety stock characters. Why why haven't I got a female, a broken down, drunk female private eye who likes to go out and and you know, is is going through a messy divorce. It, it, but is able to sort of like you know, but it throws quips around and stuff like fuck it. I want that, mate. Let's you know, do that. That's yeah, amazing. Give that to someone who can you know do that, and then and that's what I want to see. Like those tropes, they're not gender specific. We can still have that. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I just think you know, like you say, it's just um, it. We I don't think we're there at the moment. But I think the thing is, you say about action stars. One of the best films of this year. Was I don't know if you've seen it, but everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, we've still not seen it. So I'm not going to spoil it. So although we have just found out that we may have babysitting for Saturday, so maybe we'll watch it then. I recommend it. It's a phenomenal film. Because we wasted our watching that by watching Multiverse of Madness, and we were both very disappointed. Okay, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't uh, yeah bad choice there. You you were in the wrong dimension on that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But again, you know, uh, Michelle Yeoh in that film is again sort of like plays, um, and again, this is no spoilers. Like she she plays a very regular sort of woman. Like she she turns up as an actress. That's what she's there for. But then when the action cracks out, like you know, because of who she is and everything she does, like you know, again, it comes back to this thing of like she's got charisma. She's got the whole whack. She you you know she through years of experience of like she can clearly do the moves and everything like that. And it's just one of those where you watch it and go like, yeah, everything in this film seems to what it shouldn't work, but everything in this film works like on every level for me. Um, and it works on the action level as well, where I'm just sort of like, I'm buying into it. I, I you know, I buy the action, mm. I'm buying the character, I'm invested in it and I'm on board. Uh, you know, it's that sort of thing where I was like, this is ace. And I don't think like I say that's what I want. And like you say, then we get sort of like Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow sort of like, Tossing around look like blokes randomly, you're just like, This is fucking off. But that's unfortunate when you go, like, look, if it can be, like, you know, I'm going back to like Trinity and Atomic Blonde is such a good film for me. I think it's such an underrated film. And I'm watching, I go watch those films, and I'm like, Why are we not got? Why am I not seeing more of these? Like, it's, um, but yeah. So, and, and another great example is, um, Emily Blunt in Live, Die, Repeat, right? Yes. So Rita, great mm. action star name, by the way. Love it. <laughs> like such an old lady name, action star Rita. Um, you know, why is why does she not have a series? Why does she not have a franchise? You know, that's a role that easily could have been a man's role. And it wasn't an Emily Blunt fucking kills it. it. Like it is yeah. her film. You know, and everybody watches it and loves it and goes, she's the best thing in it. Yeah. Where is her franchise? You know, she's in, she's an interesting actress though because I don't think she wants it, does she? Because she's done a couple of things and she sort of go like, she's like, I'm not really that fussed about doing that that thing, um, which is unfortunate because I think she is very good at it. Um, yeah, she's an interesting one because obviously I think her focus is very much. She's one of those like she's had kids and stuff now, isn't she? With what's it, um, John? Uh, what's it, John Krasinski? And I think the pair of them now are like, we're not doing that thing anymore. We're going to just do these this family thing. And you're like, oh, fuck you both. Like, you, <laughs> I want to see more of you doing things. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just right. shows the classic that, you know, the, the female action characters come out more popular than the male action character. But, you know, 
it doesn't go anywhere and it, you know I feel like the conversation in in Hollywood production often be like oh yeah but that's a one-off that was just a one-off that was lightning in a bottle it's like well you know what it can happen again well I tell you, let's, let's, let's finish off on something because there, there is something happening that's very interesting is so the first one the first thing i'll say is, is tomb raider the last tomb raider film that got made i thought was very good i really enjoyed it and they let the they let the right slip where you're like why did that not get a sequel that's mm. bizarre to me um but the other one is we sort of mentioned again going back to charlie's theron you know you may get a feeling i'm sort of a bit sort of hung up on charlie's theron but that's different story is furiosa in mad max and not only is she a strong woman driving the plot you know she is um you know they've given they give her a disability they sort of that you know she is sort of she's clearly got a history she's not she you don't see her origin she's massive yeah she's complex she's conflicted um like she is um a fantastic character and this one's like she's a phenomenal character in that film and I love her relationship with with um, the world that she lives in. You know, with, you know, it's not just her and Max. It's this whole. She has a relationship with so much going on in that in that world, and so much set up that you don't need to know the origin of. To the extent that they are doing a sequel, they are doing a Furiosa movie. Now it's not Charlie Stone. It's it's what's the name? What's it? Taylor Joy. Amber Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor. Anya Taylor Joy. I think, I think yeah, I think she's the one playing Furiosa. Um, but again, like you know, there's a part of it's going like it's great you're doing an origin story, you know, but I don't want the origin story. I don't yeah. need the origin story. Don't need a young version of Furiosa. I, I want yeah. What I wanted at the end of that film because Max leaves, right? He goes off to do more mad stuff. Why isn't there a film where she sets up with the mothers, leaves them to it, realizes that she's so broken she can't live in that society anymore, and goes off into the wilderness and has her own sort of like Mad Max style adventure? That's what I wanted. More Charlie's Theron doing. I don't need an origin story. I don't. I'm sure it'd be great because it's still. But but we don't need it because we learn enough about the character, right? This is why the original Star Wars. Han Solo is great. We know enough about the character from what happens in that film. We do not need his origin story, which yeah. is why the Solo film does not work because we don't need it. We know who he, who he is. You know, you've told us that. Great storytelling done. It's the same with Furiosa. All the storytelling is done on the screen in that limited amount of time. Mm. We don't need to know her backstory. We know everything about her by what's been written and how it's being acted and how she's being directed. That's it. We are done. We know her. We don't need any of that other bullshit. What we need to know is the rest, is the future of yeah. her story. You know, that's what's interesting. How she, nav- exactly what you said, how she navigates the world that she is in. Yes, that's what we need to know because that's more telling and more interesting about her character than how she got there. Exactly. That's my it was my point. Like she because you know there's a massive like paradigm shift in that world at the end of Fury Road. How does she sort of navigate that? And like, you can still have action. Like okay, people feel you know it, it, I'll throw an idea out for you because Morton Joe's been taken out. They now see that the uh, the tower is now vulnerable. So people you know so it becomes a siege movie have all kinds of stuff like that would be amazing i mean i think many people would find this boring but i'd be fascinated to see how they handled redistribution of the water 
you know, mm. would that cause different factions? You know, what, you know, how then how do you keep control of the power that you need to keep to make sure everybody gets the water? Like who else is going to, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Totally interesting. You can have action. You can have action in that. You can also have Furiosa, who is a flawed, interesting, strong character trying to figure all of that out. Mm. You know, she's so interesting because she's so adaptive you know she's managed to get the wives or the wives have got her on side we don't know don't need to know i'll just go off and have a think about that because i don't there were, need to there be were comics that, there were comics that explained it no one read yeah, them. no no them. and don't read them because they undo a lot about her character yeah um you know you know so she knows how to manipulate people in this world she knows mm. how to take calculated risks but she also knows how to uh how to physically get by in this world with a disability you know it's i don't need to know if she lost her arm or if she wasn't born with her arm it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to, to exactly it like if if i met somebody new and they only had one leg. I don't care how they lost their leg. It's got nothing to do with me and their relationship. I don't give a shit. I'll be like, all right, your name's Kylie. Great, we're friends. I'm never going to ask a question about it because I don't care. It's not why I'm talking to you, right? And it's the same with her character. Like, I don't need to know all of that. It's irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. And that's the problem. It needs to be, a, you know, you don't need those things addressed. There's enough there for you to... Like we haven't had origin stories for like all these other characters. Like you know, I don't need them. Like you know, I don't want them. They're just, just give me that future, that continued story. That's what I was hoping for. So, I agree, and that's sort of. So I think that's the problem, isn't it? Like Hollywood never really sort of. It, it, it sort of, like you say, lightning in the bottle. Oh, it can't, it can't be done again. That's the, it's, it was a one-off. You go sort of like, well, I'm not so sure. Sort of like, you know, let's at least give it that thing. The one thing I would say is it's George Miller written and directed again, so it will hopefully be just as batshit crazy and we can enjoy it but it, it, it did disappoint me that it went back but I'm like oh okay well I'd rather see the do present a different the character just yeah. do it with a different character yeah. just um, <sighs> I, I just want to finish because there was, there was one other person I wanted to sort of just throw out there that, that deserves like you know at least mentioning and, and a bit of praise is Ming-Na Wen oh oh my god have we not talked about her oh yeah um, I love her so much. Course, she's so incredibly talented. Yeah. She's a Disney princess. She's a Marvel star. She's MCU. She's, well, sort of MCU, but yeah. So she's done, she's got the trifecta. Um, and she was Chun-Li in uh, yes. Street Fighter. So. Yeah. And just, incredible. You know, she is somebody who has incredible physicality yeah. with quite a... Uh, like a oh gosh I'm getting a bit tired so I can't think of like words quite a I guess Hollywood conforming body but what she does with her body is incredible like when you watch her acting just in general the control she has over her body let alone when she's fighting and she can plan out like a move to the exact millimeter one 0.01 millimeter she is absolutely incredible she's one of these she's one of these uh, these people that um you can i you recognize is a martial artist mm. 
you know what I mean? Like you can see from the way she holds herself and the way she sort of like moves, there's a sort of a fluidity of thing. You recognize she's not a person that knows martial arts. She's a martial artist. Love that, yeah. You know, there's a difference. And I, I feel that with sort of there are other people, like you know, Bruce Lee was the same. That's sort of like he wasn't just a person who meant martial arts, like he was a martial artist, like his his body was the was the thing. And I often sort of watch her and they say the way she sort of holds herself is very much in that sort of thing of like she doesn't just she's not just that she lives in her body she knows her body in very well and uses it on screen um and it just gives her a screen presence which is just absolutely undeniable you know if you're at the gym or doing some sort of exercise and some knobber comes over and goes oh don't do it like that do it in this particular way because that does that well ignore them but yeah. if she came and said that to me i'd go yeah. absolutely because you you like you must know something about biology and yeah. chemistry and physics on top of everything else because yes i'll be like i will hold myself in the exact way you have said because just looking at you in the flesh i can see how incredibly well you understand and hold your body exactly yeah yeah no she's she's she well she does definitely deserves that and um... i can't believe we've only just talked to her about her at the end i'm so glad I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad to mention that, yeah, because she is, she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so any any final, any last thoughts or, or actresses we want to throw in? As a, it sounds awful to say that to them, but any sort of like, you know, to. Um, I mean, I think there needs to be some shout outs to, you know, um, Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. in Hunger Games. Um, oh, I've completely forgotten her name, and I did look it up just before we started talking. So the film Your Next, lead actress in Your Next, is fantastic. Oh, quite, yeah. The Australian um, one. Yes, yes. Yeah. So she's fantastic. And obviously we've shouted out Zoe Bell. Um, oh, there's probably so many amazing people that have just gone out of my head that don't, that I see as either being or can be like true female action stars. Oh, yeah, I agree. And there's, there's loads I sort of I'm looking, I'm, going, I'm looking around thinking about, you know, I would like, I could go over my road just the shelves and start looking at Blu rays and be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd be so disappointed at the end of this. Yeah. Especially as I've definitely rambled in parts and I could be like, no, I should have been talking about this amazing person. But the, the, the one thing I want to finish on is, as a thought is I'm a bit of a sucker for the expendables. Like, yeah. I, love, I love that series. All right. Old men still doing action films like i'm all on board i'm like cool. sounds great to me it's, it's good fun you know the fourth one's coming along and they keep sort of like teasing this idea there was the 355 they did recently and then they obviously did um oceans eight which was not an action film but you know that thing of like oh it's a, it's a, female, yeah. it's a female ensemble cast but there is there's a, there's a, in my head there's an expend they were going to do one that was called the expend they kept nicknaming it the expender bells which wasn't the real name. It was just a sort of like, it's a expendable mm-hmm. for women. And mm-hmm. people would list mm-hmm. out like who they would want to be in it. Like if they were to do this, who would be in it? And I think from talking today, like there's so many, you know, I'd be like, right. Okay. I want, you know, Sigourney Weaver, not so much cracking heads, but like I'd want Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton as sort of maybe the villains of the piece oh, or something. Lovely. Um, and the actual, like I'd want Charlize Theron in it, Michelle Rodriguez, yeah, bringing Ming now when like you know, bring there's so many of like yeah, just have like this, and, and but like but then bring in like fight choreographers that understand 
mm. how to use the the actresses that they've brought on board. Yeah. Um. And and I think it would just be an absolutely ace. Like it would just be a franchise starter. Like just do that. Like I want to see that. That ends with a brawl kind of. Love that. Um. You know, even if you did have like. Yeah, have you sort of you know your 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 players, but then have like your main star and your main villain, so you've got like a proper one-on-one fight at the end, kind of thing. I Do you know who we've not talked about, and I should have quickly googled it. Um, from Black Panther. Um, oh. oh my god. Um, and Walking Dead, Michonne. Oh god, because I'm too tired to. Um... Yeah, my brain's not working properly. Yeah, that is, but that is, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, this is terrible. I'm not going to Google it because then you'll just hear me googling. Um, but yeah, like, needs to be. There's so many. Like, and I'm not talking about like you said. The thing <laughs> I is... didn't even finish that sentence. No. <laughs> it's my but, bedtime. <laughs> but the point being, like, you say, not women that just turn up and look pretty and they go, oh, I can do some gymnastic moves like no people women that are going to turn up and be embody female action stars what's her name it's going to drive me absolutely nuts i have the fear i should do it quietly whilst we're <laughs> i'll just do some filler no one, no one no, yeah no one knows i'm doing this <laughs> yeah nobody knows <laughs> but what about animated so we've got like uh uh Elastigirl, there we go. That's a good animated action hero, female hero. That's a great one. Some of the female characters in Big Hero 6. I think we need to do animated after this. Yeah. I mean, obviously, then we've also got like classics like Mulan, Moana. Moana's definitely I, might, I mean I like think... any opportunity to talk about Moana. Co- yeah, she was a Koye, wasn't she? Um Daani go, go I can't fucking pronounce it now. It's ridiculous. Daani go I can't say it. They all know who she was. Everybody knows who we're talking about. I can never pronounce these bloody names. I'm, I'm terrible. I always pronounce people's names wrong. I'm yeah, awful. you always pronounce mine, my surname. I know. Like sometimes terrible you get it, it right. Yeah, I've got it in the corner now, so I'll say, I'll say it right. Today. <laughs> but that's what. But you're right about animators. You know that's again. But again, this just goes back to television. Yeah. It can work on television, but it doesn't seem to translate. Even for kids, I mean, you've got like, you know, Kim Possible. Oh my God. Oh, what? Totally Spies. Yeah. Fucking used to love Totally Spies. Even in Power Rangers, you have yeah. three and three, you know, you have the female Power Rangers, sort of the yellow one and the, the pink one and stuff. Like, you, you, it works on TV. You're allowed to do it on television mm. because. They're often part of a. a it feels know, like there's less risk, I imagine. There's less risk, and I think you know, but also they sort of seem to hit. A, you know, you you yeah, you haven't got to hit the the general zeitgeist in order to mm. be successful, as you have with a film, and so I think you you will find more female sort of action stars on uh, television than you will on on the big screen. But I, I honestly think there's a change. I think I think we you know we're heading away where like it could work. You know, I think I still think there's trouble. Like you said, you you mentioned obviously the reaction to every female Marvel thing ever <laughs> for some reason. Um, yes, they're not all fantastic, but then neither are all the male things either. So it's sort of you know, but when they work, they work. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that's the thing. I'd love to see that they're like an Expendables or a kind of like a female-led yeah, action I'm franchise. Well up for that. Yeah. How do we make this happen? 
I'll write it. It's fine. I'll, I'll get yeah. in contact with Sigourney. She'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll get me a foot in the door. Uh... <laughs> anyway, I think we're coming to an end now. I think we're both sort of what? We're getting punched drunk with that time. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, for both of us, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoy what we're doing, go check us out. So, 20th Century Geek, you can find me all over the place. Um, uh, at 20th Century Geek on Twitter. And if you, or whatever podcast catcher you're on, go leave a review for five stars. Um, and I'll just save you the problem, uh, Rhea. Um, I don't be, I'm not jumping in, I'm not being misogynistic, I'm saying, but for Femme on Film, go for like, the Comics in, no, Comics in uh, Motion Network and uh, some fantastic episodes. In there. You've done all kinds of things, haven't you? You've done so many. Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, mostly I break down films that are either made for women or directed or written by women um, that often don't get enough attention or just aren't really being talked about. But also, I've been, I've started a series with the wonderful Tonya Todd and, and Alison, who you'll all know from Film on Film mm-hmm. um, and other stuff. Uh, Alison's so great. Um, around it's called hearts and vaginas around sex in films but i'm also going to get the wonderful ada and now i'm just ramp see this is why i don't do it now i'm just rambling um to come and do some tv series with me as well so Fantastic. it's expanding and and i'm really hoping there's going to be more going on ada is a poet so i'm hoping we can get some she can awesome. start doing some poetry stuff yeah so well, poetry oh, stuff amazing i don't know you, the right you... words do i no it's, it's late but you've been on this, you've been on 20th Century Geek a number Oh, I love talking to you so much. I have the best time. And we've always, I've had Tonya on, she's coming to Desert Island Comics. We've done a lot of stuff. And I'm actually having Alison on to <gasps> Patreon soon. So I'm, I'm meeting, meeting with her next oh. week to sort of talk, talk comics and to talk gender and all kinds of things. I'm, I'm very so excited. excited. She's so wonderful and she's intelligent. Awesome. Yeah. And thoughtful. And she's really she really sees injustices in the world but knows the right way to talk about them mm. no I'm, i can't she's, wait to talk she's compelling and interesting and oh you're gonna have such a wonderful time yeah no it's been interesting i've had some interesting email conversations already with us i really can't wait for that one but yes yeah, so we've got all these kind of people coming on board we've both got fantastic shows coming up so go on your uh, yes. patreon coach and leave a review five stars anything less is just disgusting and we hate you for it <laughs> Um, other than that, though, you know, go check out our, our my Patreon, 20th Century Geek at uh, so 20, was it bloody hell, patreon.com <laughs> slash 20CG Media, 20th Century Geek Media. Go check it out. You've got me talking about all kinds of things. You've got trekking through the Twilight Zone. I've got all kinds of stuff on there. It's, it's yeah, it's fantastic. Go check it out. Um, other than that, though, Rhea, this has been great. I've really enjoyed today. This has been it's a so fantastic good. conversation. Thank you so much. I've no? really enjoyed it. And as the, always, and and we're getting to be able to sooner get this again as well, and I'm excited. Yes. So from my point of view, yeah, we've got some uh, some Poe coming, Edgar Allan Poe coming. It's going to yes. be this the, the winter, the autumn season is is coming in. It's going to be sort of all kinds of spooky. It's amazing. Um, but for now, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Femon Film, enjoy 20th Century Geek. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we shall talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.